All right, you can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to Church Project. If this is your first time, we say we're a church, we're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. We're also a project, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. So when we look at the Bible, when we look at the New Testament church, we see them doing some really specific things. One, they gathered by the thousands in the temple courts, and so we gathered together on our Sunday gatherings. We also see the early church, that they met needs, needs everywhere that they went in their community. So we do the same with our ministry partnerships. We relationally and financially partner with effective ministries for the cause of Christ and in our city and, and in our world. And then the other thing we see that the early church did is they, they gathered by the dozens in house churches and they bumped fists. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but they would have if it was a thing then. Like, they, they would encourage each other. And as I spoke in Winter Park um, to, in our, at our church project in Winter Park last week, it was neat because it was a passage in Acts that we went through where one, a couple of the disciples were in prison, and they got set free. And the first thing they did is it said they went to Lydia's house. And Lydia's house was their house church. Like, they had just got set free from prison. They're like, what are we going to do? We're going to our house church. And so I'd encourage everyone in this place to be involved in a house church. Welcome to Church Project. We're glad you're here. Isn't this space cool? This is a cool space. I mean, Paige and the um, Mason Event Center did an gr- incredible job. Thank you for housing us there over the last, was it maybe a year I don't, or so, just right in there. So give it up for Paige. Thank you, Paige. A bit different, though. <laughs> Four blocks away makes a big difference. This is a whole new set for us. This is a whole new stage for us. Like, I'm on a stage. This is super weird. And I maybe it's because I'm just... I'm. I'm staying cute and good looking, but I'm getting older. I just don't like change as much. I'm like, this has been a hard change for me, just just walking in. And, you know, yesterday we had all the Welsh family was here because he's the pastor of, of Waypoints Church. And we're trying to integrate all of our sound system stuff and, and all, of, all of everything. These lights are cool. We couldn't figure out how, because you can get it all blue in here and dim it, and it's way cool. We couldn't figure that out, so you just, you get this today. But (laughs) change is different, and I would say welcome home. I mean, home, I don't know what it's like in your family, but my parents have moved a dozen times. Our, Our family moved a dozen times. It's not about the space, it's about who you're with. And this building right here is a special building. I mean, we have Waypoints Community of Faith meets in here. Tower 21 meets in here, which is a really cool program for, for people trying to get off any kind of addictions. Like, that's a great program. We have three churches. There's a church that will meet here this afternoon in this space. Don't come because they speak in French or Creole. You won't get it. But isn't that cool? Like, three, three churches, this building's being used all the time. Like, I know this building mostly because I'll come and I'll preach at Waypoints, which is great. On Friday and Tuesday nights, it's a crazy awesome crowd. So if you're from Waypoints, we got a couple up there. woo Love this place. But this building, for me, is mostly Dayspring Christian Academy. It would have their, their school plays in here. So that's what I'm used to this building being. Um, but i got to tell you, God's going to do some incredible things with our body. The space is cool. I mean, it's way better for our kiddos. 
Right now, they're in the, the front when you just walked in. That's a way better space. But beyond that, we've got an entire space up there that we can grow into. And, and we'll just we'll make it our home more and more. So be, be, hold this thing loosely with us as, as we grow into this space and kind of make it our home. I pray that we pray over it, too. Like even as you're sitting here, upstairs, downstairs, wherever you're at, as you're walking around, explore it. See what's, see what's going on here. And pray over this place because this is where God is housing his body. And isn't it cool? I'm, it's cool because I can look in your eyes. And it's cool. You're pretty cool. If you would, our notes are on you, version, And follow along, open it up, go to the events and search through that. Because I think God's got a very special message for us today. I'll, I'll kind of skip over the first half because Ryan did it. <laughs> it's like the facts of this building and, and where it's been and why it's been repurposed, what it's been repurposed to do since 2011. It's been used really for Waypoints Church in the faith community, and so it's been restored and rebuilt. A lot of history in this building. You can look at the pictures in the entryway as you come in of, of the different people that were here. And one story Todd told me yesterday was when they were in here in 2011, kind of redoing it because the roof was caved in because they were trying to get that big old airplane out. Like they were, they were restoring it. And a 93-year-old man came in and said, man, I used to be stationed here. When, when, this, when this was just like a, what, what was it, like a national uh, reserve? What's that called? Is that right? National Reserve? It used to, what's that? National Guard, thank you. It used to be a National Guard building, and that's what it was built here for. And he goes, I used to be stationed here. This is my first station when I was 17. I learned how to shoot a machine gun in the basement. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> how many of you want to shoot a machine gun? That sounds awesome. We'll have the best men's group and women's group ever. Let's go down and we'll shoot, okay? So that. And like the Mason Event Center, which when we first moved there, we were one of the first people in, into that building, and Paige was gracious enough to let us be there, and we, they were still unpacking, getting set up, but now it's being used more and more and more. Like, that's cool to see when God comes in and he does some incredible things, even with the spaces that we're in. We get the honor of worshiping God. And if anything, our last two buildings that we've seen Masons that's been redone and rebuilt and is beautiful. And waypoints that we're in right now. I keep calling it waypoints, but that's what I call this building. But it's the armory, right? The building that we're in right now has been redone and it's been restored. And if, and if anything, it should remind us, like, who never gives up on us? If people didn't give up on physical buildings that we're able to sit in, and I think what a deep spiritual truth. Like our building is an imago, and it's a declaration that God never gives up on us. He may have to rebuild our roof because it caved in. He may have to cover up some scratches and stuff, but he never gives up on us. And all of God's people say, amen. This is, this is beautiful. I'm glad to be here. Every great story, and, and if you're a story writer or a filmmaker or whatever, you know that there, there's tension, right? Every great story has a hero. Yay! Everyone say yay. Yay! And a villain. All right, this is a drama thing. We got it, man. I love it. It's got a great conflict. Boo. And it's got great resolve. Yay. Like, that's a good story. You got to have, have all that. If you don't have all that, then... You're just a dude on an island with a, with a ball. Like, <laughs> was the ball the villain? I don't, 
I don't know. Anyways, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> he floats away. Anyway, but that every good story, like, okay, name this movie, okay? I'm going to go through those categories. Name this movie. A cute baby animal, an ugly old animal, this cute baby animal getting separated from the pride, and, a, and a growing in strength and coming back with this pride, the Lion King. You see, you see the you see right there. You see the hero, the villain, the conflict, the resolve. Yeah, come on, man. Jay, come on. You need to move up to the first row. You were more active there. No, you can stay back there. You're good. Okay. So sometimes a villain or a conflict is the defining theme of the of the whole story. So so go with me on this one. Okay, name the story. Pennywise the Dancing Clown. It. Like, that's the defining theme of the whole movie. Penny, like, the villain. Boo. Like, that's the whole, that's the whole movie. Okay, how about, how about this one? Sometimes the villain or the conflict is the theme, the defining theme. A traveling circus. Yeah! There we go. Dumbo. Yeah, you're like, oh, that traveling circus. Boo. Dumbo. That's it. Okay. Freddy Krueger. Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, now we're getting old here, right? I know. Some of these are not Christian movies. I get it, okay? <laughs> a, a big old nose and a wooden boy. That one was easy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Being kidnapped and locked in a little room. Any, any horror movie. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Like, so sometimes the villain or the conflict is dealing with the theme. Like, like that, that's, that's the theme of it. And how and what will our lives be known for? As we think of some of these movies, how, how and what will our lives be known for? Not the villain, not the conflict. Especially if we call ourselves followers of Christ and Christians. It's not the villain and it's not the conflict in which our lives will be known for. No, we have a whole other set of promises and declarations that we sang this morning, that the Bible preaches over us and teaches over us. Like we're known for the Redeemer. Amen? Like our story and our lives are known for the restorer who has restored our life, the resolution and the resurrection. Like this is the body of Christ, and this is what the lives, our story of our lives gets to tell and show the world. Thank you. Thank you, church. Thank you, God, for who you are. And like this building, our exteriors at times may show signs of wear and tear. You know, as the cat, I do not like cats. I was petting it. Everything was good and wonderful and beautiful. It's meowing at me. I'm petting it. And then all of a sudden, it turns psycho demon and scratches me and runs off. I'm like, what happened here? Like, now I got a scratch here. It's a sign. It's like, it's, why is it there? And I have to remember it and see it all the time. And as sometimes our exterior and even sometimes our interior, there's signs of wear and tear on our life. Our previous, our previous lives, maybe, like the dance floor, that's LED lights that are supposed to light up. Like, it's there. We're not going to rip it up. We're not going to turn it on either, but it's there. Maybe sometimes it's our old thinking or our false realities that kind of defines the story of our life. And I pray that that's not us. Some of us, as we sit here, we feel like something inside of us has died. We feel like we've done unforgivable things and we couldn't 
and can't be accepted, especially by a God, a good and loving God. Like These things are defining our story more than they should. Maybe some of us feel like we've never really been able to do what makes us us, and we've never really been able to come alive. Some of us feel like our dreams died a a long time ago because of a circumstance maybe out of our control. We've had to die to some dreams. Some of us like think that maybe like God could never use you for what you've done or how you've lived. Or, or some of us have placed our identity in what we do instead of who we are. Like what, what defines us? How do we think of who we are and who God is? Some of us, life has happened. And it's, maybe it's thrown us a curveball and we feel super overwhelmed. And it's defining our story. Some of us are so confused and lost. Some, some of us are completely lied to and frustrated and tired. And some of us feel like life is dark, empty, filled with cobwebs and stench and maybe just stale and dead. And maybe not right now, but there may, there may be times in our life when we feel this and we feel this overwhelming sense of like conflict and villain. And we're getting lost in the story and we're getting defined by part of it that is true. It's part of reality. It's part of living on earth and walking through hard times. But we're more focused on conflict and we're more focused on the villain than we are the hero and the resolve and who we are. Like we've been hurt. I get it, man. We all have pain. I get it. Sometimes we feel empty. Sometimes we feel full. Sometimes we feel abandoned, and sometimes we feel dead. Sometimes we've been crushed. And maybe, maybe not even by outside external things, but maybe just our internal, like the the story, the narrative we're telling ourselves. Like, we've been defeated just in our head. It's hard to wake up and think and laugh and and fill, fill our doubt that we're filling with joy and hope. Like, I totally get it. And that's when, in our days, we're really focusing on the brokenness of the world. And we're really focused on maybe what was and the roof caving in, the cat scratches, the internal pain that no one will see. It's true. We need God to renew our minds. We need God to renew our hearts, our lives. We can't do it on our own. And so in comes, we come into this story that God's given us this beautiful, like, writing in called the Bible, and we find in Romans 12, 2, says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person and and change the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen, right? Like if we could wake up, and that could be our defining thing, where we're saying, God, renew my mind. We read a story, and some of you may be familiar with it, in the Old Testament of Joseph. Joseph, you know, the coat of many colors. I bet he could sell that for a lot of money now. Like, it was probably a bling, bling, like, fancy high-dollar coat, right, his dad gave him. But all all the brothers were jealous of it. And if you read the story and you can think back, he was a dude that was set apart. Joseph was. And his brothers got jealous. They beat him. They betrayed him. They threw him in a pit. Then they sold him. And then later on in his life, he's falsely accused, he's put in jail, and he's totally forgotten about. The story of Joseph, a dude that was set apart. Does it sound like he's set apart so far? Like, whoa, what's going on? Don't set me apart, God. I don't want to do that. 
But yet we can think back to Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And this is Joseph declaring the promise that God had given him as his brother stood before him. And he had the ability to crush them, to send them away, to kill them, or to compel them to the love of God. Some of us, we need to hang on to the promises of our life that are all throughout Scripture. God's already spoken to us. Like We've been focusing more on the building that's decaying than restoring and speaking the truth that's already there. What are you facing right now? God never gives up on you, and he hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten, and he won't give up. Here's the charge, since we're just deep into the Bible. Is that okay? Here's the charge to Joshua. And I want to say this. Joshua's charge from God is the same charge to us today. It's found in Joshua 1.6. Joshua was a man that was used mightily from God. And here's his charge. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to your ancestors I would give them. God's looking at Joshua like, like he was Jacob and like he is us, and he's saying, listen, I've set you apart. Don't focus on the villain. Don't focus on the conflict because I've set you apart. Be strong. Be courageous. I am your God. I will take you there. I will set you, the Israelites, free. I will speak hope where there is no hope, and I will use you to be a light in the darkness. That's his charge, and that's our charge. Amen? John 10, 10 is one of the coolest verses that I can think in Scripture. It says, I've come to give you life and give you life to the fullest. And then it continues on in John 10, 11, says this, I am the good shepherd, and God is speaking to us, to us over this right now. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his, sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them, scatters the flock. The hired hand will run away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. And as followers of Christ, people that call ourselves Christians, we can look at Jesus as the good shepherd. We can look at the promises all throughout Scripture. We can declare these things because Jesus is about restoring. We see it in Scripture and we've seen it in our life. The places where we felt defeated, like we're not going to come up from these ashes. And God says, oh, contraire. And he rebuilds our life and restores our life. We see it in Scripture. He restores Peter, a backstabber and a liar. He probably felt really defeated, Peter, because he backstabbed and lied. And yet we see him restored on the beach. Beautiful, beautiful story. He restores a prostitute and a woman caught in adultery. He restores Paul, a murderer. He restores sanity to demon-possessed men and women. He restores sight to the blind and health to the sick. He restores the physical 
temple. He even restores life and purpose, and he wants to restore you and me today. Here's the deal. He, whatever he touches, whatever was, um, be, what he touches that was dead comes alive. And the promises are true of our life today. Well, here you are. Here we are. And I'd, I'd say that in, in multiple, uh, multiple reasons. Number one, here we are, January 12, 2020. Did you think you would live to see this day? Some of you are like, not when I was in here when it was something else. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> We're here. Wow, we made it. January 12. That's pretty impressive. 2020, that's like sci-fi thinking. Like, here we are. Well, here we are, 614th, 8th Avenue, in downtown Greeley, physical location. Well, here we are, 45 years old, or say your age. All the women are like, mm, I don't want to do that, okay. Well, here we are, in circumstances we never thought we would be in. Maybe we're in the middle of them right now, things that, we never thought we would be in, or we can think back of things that we never thought we would do or be a part of. Well, here we are, all of us. This is where we're at. This is our reality. This is what's going on right now, and this probably isn't a perfect life. Are you perfect? I'm not. Like, here we are. The question is, do we trust God with our lives? Do we trust him to come in and notice that our roof is caving in? And be like, you know what? I may need to put a pillar up, and a whole nother, what's that called? Trust, beam, whatever. But that's literally what waypoints had to do. Those two pillars weren't there. But when they were taking the airplane out of this back wall, I keep pointing back here, the roof caved in. So when waypoints came in, they had to put these beams and or beam and you know what I'm saying structurally. Like, but now it's strong again. It wasn't what it originally looked like, but it's strong again. Well, here we are with our lives and everything we're experiencing. And do we trust God? John 10.10, 10, man, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to take your building and just condemn it and to keep it decaying, to be useless and torn down. But God says, no, I've come to put a new roof up, to beam it up, and to make life happen again, man. Some of us need to hear this message today. May our story be of what we've overcome and what God loved continues to speak over our life. Hey, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud to be part of Church Project in so many ways. Just look around, look at the stories that we're all living and we're all walking through. But man, we're people that are known by love. We love Greeley, don't we? Like just with our ministry partnerships, just that alone. Like if you've ever tied anything to Church Project, you're supporting ministry partnerships. But just think of our partnerships. We have Dayspring, Weston. Thank you, man. Thank you for the lives that, that's, that, that are being changed and educated. Thank you, Weston. With a biblical view. Amen. We need more of that. Thank you. I think a young life. Crew, FCA, Youth for Christ. Like, there's so much that we are loving Greeley. Church, we're making a difference. We're speaking into those areas where it's like, no one's speaking into it. I'm so proud to be part of what we're doing here. But 
for more reasons, I'm proud to be here as well. As well. Like, I'm proud of us. And I'm proud of us of how we choose to share our life together. Like, we know, and there's, there's, there's no secret, if we choose to isolate ourselves, it's only a matter of time until Satan picks us off and we begin to believe those false aliases about ourselves, but not here. Like, we're sharing our lives together. I want to highlight a few people that, that really make this happen. The Davidson House Church, the, the, the Davidson pastors, if you would stand up for the Davidsons. I don't know, where's, where's your love? He's in the kiddo area. Okay, Jeff and Ginger. Um, Jared and Shannon, I think Jared's homesick, but man, our, Shannon, thank you. <laughs> our women are representing today. I love it. Perman? Oh, yeah. Come on, bro. Stand up. Leave Rachel. She's back there. Now, now it's two women, one man. Okay. Let's see how this one goes. The, the Baron. Where are, where are the Barons at? There you are in the back and right there, Joel and Ben. These are our house church pastors that are committed to come together and to love and to share life together. And so if you would, as we move into this 2020 right now, can you give them a round of applause just as a sign of thank you? Yeah. Yeah. I want us, if you would, right now, just close your Bibles and and maybe shut down your your Facebook app that you've been on. That's fine. Especially up top. I know you up there. You're like, this is cool. I know it's way cool up there. <laughs> Except temperature, it's really hot, isn't it? We'll figure that out. Don't worry. Just come in a, in a t-shirt, all right? Sorry, I derail. Here's what I, here's what I want to ask us right now as we're just in this room right now. And we've gathered together. We've declared promises of God, who he is. We've talked about villains and conflict we've talked about heroes and resolve we've talked about restoration and God just doing something new like I think this is where it lands and maybe if you want to just close your eyes and if you feel comfortable holding your hands out just open saying God I I receive anything you want to show me here's what I ask us what is your ask and what I mean by that is we sit here in this place together. We're filled with the promises of God. All the declarations of scripture and life that he speaks over us. What is your ask for him today? And for each of us, it's going to be completely, completely different. Because we're all in different stages. And so I want to ask us right now, maybe just sit And we'll put some reflection on just to kind of set the mood for us to think, God, what is my ask? What do I ask of you today? For some of us, it may be for him to show himself to us. For some of us, to be patient with us or help us through something. But what is your ask? And so let's just sit here for a few moments as we contemplate that.
And I believe in many ways, simplicity is a powerful tool. And so maybe as we sit here in this, in this moment, let's ask God for maybe a, a word or a sentence this week that will kind of guide us. And so maybe structured a little bit like this, like, God, so that I can know your love more fully this week, I pray that you help me through my anger to be more like you. It's just as an example. And so as we sit here right now, may God, you, you just prick our hearts and search us, and may we know you. And I pray for each of us that we would come away with one sentence, one word, something that, that he wants to really just be the Lord of our, over our lives in, in significant ways this week. So just ask God and maybe form that right now for yourself. And then church, I want to kind of move it to a corporate conversation. And I, and I just mean like us as a church. Like why has God put us here at this location at this time? What would be your ask for Greeley? <laughs> what would you ask for Greeley? For God to do in Greeley? Like part of the history of downtown is literally the parking lot that you parked in was a huge hotel. Massive. You can see the pictures of it. It's not there anymore. I don't know why. I don't know the story behind it. I'm sure some of you do. But what would you ask for Greeley? Physical Greeley and spiritual Greeley. And especially as church project, God has brought us here at this time for a specific reason. How many of you would like to see 2,000 people here? Well, I wouldn't. They'd be, I don't know where we'd put them. I would love to see 2,000 people in house churches, though, sharing life together. Amen. How many of you just you look over the city of Greeley and your heart breaks? Like Jesus looked over Jerusalem, and his heart was breaking. So church, we can have a corporate ask of God for Greeley. And here's my ask. Like, God, give us Greeley. May your love be known in all of Greeley. So as you sit here right now, just think about the people you know that need to know the love of God, that need help reminding, being reminded of who God is. Think of all the young men and women in situations that are just devastating. Think of people, places, things that need to be restored. And right now, why don't we just have an ask for Greeley? Why are we here, God? What do we want to see? So please have a little prayer time with God right now. College students, it may look a lot like, God, I want to see Greeley. I want to see my whole dorm level come to know you. What would you ask God for Greeley? And let's just keep in this spirit of prayer right now. <laughs>